welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 89, Keeping a Travel Journal, an interview with Marcy Weidemuller, coming to you on Thursday, July 19th, 2018. Now, since it's summer in the Northern Hemisphere, there are lots of people going on vacations. Though, of course, people are going on vacations in the winter, too, in the Southern Hemisphere. I'm about ready to go to the Romance Writers of America National Conference in Denver, Colorado, followed by two more weeks of I don't know. We definitely want to explore someplace in Sweden, so maybe we'll take the train to Stockholm, or maybe we'll go further north while it's still not freezing cold and six feet of snow. Uh, and we're thinking, oh, you know what? It would be fun to spend a couple of days in Germany. Maybe we could find someplace interesting to go there. And at least one or two more times over the rest of the summer, we want to go back to Copenhagen, which is only one train stop away from where we live, and have some of the most delicious ice cream I've ever had. <laughs> so I have a lot of travel things coming up that have to do with more of a vacation sort of thing. In addition to the fact that I just moved to Sweden, a brand new country with so many different interesting and um, bizarre, if you're not used to it, things going on here, that I just keep thinking, I really need to write all this down. But it's just so busy, you know, to get through all the stuff that's going on if you're moving or to hurry up and accomplish all the things that you have on your to-do list when you're vacationing, to see everything and to eat everything and to try to get some sleep before you get up and do it all over again. And then there's the traveling. And so what a great bit of timing for me personally, and I hope for you too, that I was able to ask Marcy Weidemuller if she had time to talk to us about what she's currently blogging about, which is keeping a travel journal. So there is lots of fun and interesting stuff coming up for you to talk about. Remember to go check out her blog at uh, mythicimpact.blogspot.com. I'm almost positive that I have that correct without looking it up in my notes. And um, she's actually doing an entire series uh, several weeks in a row talking about travel journaling. Plus, she's already done several kind of mini-series on other different kinds of journaling over the last few months, and she's got a couple more journaling topics coming up. So anyway, listen to the interview, and she'll explain it all. It's really interesting, and I have to say, now I feel a lot more confident about the fact that I can find enough time to write down enough while I'm in the middle of all the traveling and vacationing and whatever else you know that I'm doing with the day so that by the time I get back home I'll be like oh yeah that's enough information for me to remember what it was that I experienced and now I can sit down and actually write the blog post or you know the email or the letter to family or, or the even the, you know the Facebook post or whatever so give it a listen I think it's going to give you all kinds of really interesting ideas and Marcy also makes sure to mention how this can help us to develop our fictional characters and to write other kinds of nonfiction. So here we go. Enjoy the show. Today's guest is Marcy Weidemuller. Marcy is an author, poet, writing coach, and freelance content editor with over 25 years experience writing, mentoring, and teaching fiction and nonfiction, both in person and online. She has a BA in history and sociology and an MFA in writing from Vermont College of Fine Arts. Welcome, Marcy. Hi, Kitty. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you so much for coming on the show again. You know, it's great to have editors on more than once because there is so much information in your heads that we all really need. So, <laughs> always very grateful to have it. Always information in my head that I need, too. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, so last time you were here, we were talking about setting, which was an amazing topic that was so interesting. And I think it's super interesting that right now it's um, summer in the Northern Hemisphere. And today's topic is going to be on travel journaling. Is that right? Yep. That's where we are right now. Yes. So. All right. Well, I'm getting ready to do some summer travels. I'm sure there's a lot of other people doing some summer travels. Tell us what is travel journaling and, and how should we just give us some background, I guess, first. Okay. Well, let me, let me give you some background. Yes. Um, so over the years, as you've mentioned, I've done workshops and what I'm doing is I'm putting them up in a series. And before, um, because when you teach and when you talk and when you write, it all becomes different. And it's been a while. So I'm putting each of the workbooks up as a blog series before it gets published. So that's where that's coming from. And so the one that I'm doing right now this year is um, six conversations for writing creative journals. Huh. And the idea is, is that people can look at things either from a personal standpoint or for writers that they can actually use the journal um, questions and uh, things to go deep into their own characters. So the oh. idea is, is that it can be both a way of getting to know your character, probably much more than you ever want to, um, <laughs> and maybe even getting to know yourself even much more than you ever want to. <laughs> but there's, um, so the, uh, the idea is, is that um, you take key exercises and then you create space for some um, personal reflection and creative potential. So it's kind of like create, prepare, um, share. And, nice. um, and because a lot of times people like to share. So the categories are personal, vocational, um, nature, memoir, and travel. And right now we're doing travel. Nice. All of them overlap, obviously, because they're part of our lives, right? And they were a thing. But the idea is, is to take... Um, to just kind of really focus in on one particular area to get it um, deeper and having more meaning rather than just kind of skimming over the top of our very busy days, which is constant. Right. Um, travel has a little bit of um, an extra component to it though, because of the fact that if we are traveling, whether it's a day trip, uh, local or um, you know, long-term, like distance and stuff like that is that you're on a really tight schedule right? and um and so it doesn't it doesn't play into the idea of reflection and deepening when you're on a eight-day cruise <laughs> or something <laughs> right and you're barely getting any sleep because you're doing all these things you know kind of thing so even a day trip you know can be really crowded into it so that's kind of where this is coming from, the travel journal is, okay, so how can you combine the new experience and yet get some information that helps you go a little bit deeper? So that's kind of where, what this is, what this is all about. And it's just kind of doing um, exercises, you know, to help nurture your discovery and um, nurture your special memories. Oh. So that's where this is going. 
Okay. I have to say, I never really considered, you know, obviously because I've traveled, uh, mostly, you know, moved to that kind of traveling. Um, I have thought that I wish that I could get much more of the information of all my first impressions and stuff down on paper. But I always thought of it as just being for me. You said something about that this can actually help us with our characters. Oh, definitely. Because we either can tap into the heart beat that we have any journal of any kind right any level it opens the possibility to go deeper what parts matter um uh, what can be our heartbeat um in what way will this experience stretch us ah. and so whenever we are whenever we take um something that's happened to us and we we go into that then we have more of a connection either with ourselves or with somebody else so say we have just a hilarious situation that happened on a picnic you know near the ocean or something like that there might be some stuff in there that we don't really want to share for ourselves with other people you know kind of thing but yeah hey, you know you're going to have a heroine who does something really weird and has a people misunderstand her completely because of this episode so you can take you you don't even have to have that episode in case you don't want people who really know you and were there to remember it but you can take that whole situation of how it happened and what your frame of mind was and things like that and put it in um some kind of situation that your hero or heroine are going to do and you've got an instant real emotional connection with that with that character and with that scene and with that um experience and anytime we we're we're speaking that kind of truth um even if it's fiction <laughs> yeah we're speaking truth and that resonates that that's the kind of thing that's going to resonate with um with our readers um you know with with ourselves for um doing that. it's like looking at things from the inside out right right so. okay let me ask you a question and see if this is kind of what you mean so um lucky me i was at the at the ocean beach actually apparently it's not called the ocean i need to find out what the body of water surrounding malmo sweden is called it's part of the Baltic Sea, but apparently that's not what we call it either. So, but anyway, to me, it's the ocean. <laughs> it was salt water and it goes for miles. So to me, that's the ocean. <laughs> and um, nothing particularly, you know, crazy happened that day, but um, some things happened that I was thinking, oh, if, if this had been another day, like if I had combined two experiences in my head, but my, um, what's the name of my series? Uh, Straits of Loon Lake series is a romantic comedy set in a little small town around a little lake. I could have taken something that happened like I saw some jellyfish on the sand and we were thinking, oh my gosh, thank goodness we didn't step on them or we could have gotten stung or something bad. And then I was like, oh, should I, should I try to get the jellyfish back into the ocean? Do I just love let it sit here knowing that it will die or anyway. And then, and then that was pretty much the end of my thought process. But so then I'm listening to you and thinking, oh, so I guess I could have one of my characters like 
go over to the lake and like something touches their foot ah, and they don't know what it is. And you know, it's somebody who doesn't like, or maybe it's just one of the children, you know, really doesn't. I remember when I was a child, I did not like fish, you know, touching my feet when, when my feet were in the lake. Is this the sort of thing that you're talking about? Like taking mm -hmm. our experience, but just changing it and making it into this fictional experience. Yep. Yep. And ah. it, it can be, you can do it both ways. Um, you can do it both from the literal well, actually, more than two ways. You can do it from the setting itself, obviously, because you've got the, the knowledge and the know of that. You can do it from the episode itself, you know, everything that happened. And you can do it from literally the emotional um, ramifications, whether you're going to turn it, it. You can still have the same situation, and then you can, but you can write it up either as frightening, humorous, um, uh, uh, just, just like... Dramatic dramatic you know kind of thing it could be a time when she if you're doing romance it could be something that happens that causes this really neat guy to hear her screaming and come running and it's you know click they meet each other or and misunderstand each other or you know it's his fault that the thing is there you know there's just yeah. all kinds of possibilities but you're taking it from um a space of reality kind of thing okay. and um and and even if you're not doing it for fiction, if you're, if the travel is, is looking at, you know, looking at for yourself, let's face it, when we have something exciting happen, we want to share it with our friends, we want to share it with, you know, our family kind of thing. But who's your audience? Um, we have all at some point in our lives been in the thing where the friends invite us over to watch their movies from their trip. And all it is is like slide after slide after slide, you know, like 100 versions of a whale coming up, which is awesome, but not 100 versions of, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Right. So the thing is like, who is your audience um, for sharing the travel experience? And then um, from that aspect and uh, both, you know, and what's the object and what's your voice? You know, again, back to your voice. Are you sharing a humorous situation are you um sharing the drama kind of right. thing the curiosity the discovery those are the things that kind of go with travel is when your yeah. mind is open and meeting new people and um if it's long distance you know meeting new cultures and food and music and it's just it can be so enriching but you still got to share it in a way with um yourself and, and who you're sharing it with to make it matter to them too. Like, Oh, yeah. that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that, you know, kind of thing or, you know, cause sometimes our stuff is really important to us, but it can be as boring as heck to other people. So, right. But if you make the, in the travel journals or any of the journals for that matter, if you find out what is that common thread or the heartbeat then, um, the, then the sharing becomes, uh, uh, that's what I'm looking for. It, it just, it has more pack to it, impact. Yeah. yeah, it just does. Okay. Well, all right. So here's a question. You know, I've been living in Sweden for two and a half months now. It's awesome. But I've been crazy busy every day just trying to just get through every day like literally a new friend went to the bank with me so that he could ask the person in the bank in Swedish the questions that I was trying to ask that I wasn't sure I was really 
and they, yeah. yeah, they speak fantastic English here. So it wasn't that. It was that I didn't know how to put into the right words in a way that they understood and could give me back the right words. When you're talking about little minute details, it becomes um, more difficult. So anyway, I'm having all of these, you know, interesting experiences. But like you said, I'm falling into bed at night exhausted thinking, oh, I feel so bad. You know, three months ago, John put together this blog site for us and we haven't posted a single thing. So let's say someone maybe is like me. <laughs> the nice part about having a podcast is I can ask questions that help me too. <laughs> so, um, so you're on a vacation or you're in the middle of this experience and it's go, go, go. So what do you do? How do you capture some of these things? Okay. Well, there's a couple of different ways that you can do it. Um, basically, uh, pick what works for you. Um, if people, okay, let me, let me give an example. Think of some stuff that you've done in your past and um, a trip that you've made and you, you pull out a box of old photographs. And you okay. think, oh, this is nice. And you start looking, you know, just sort of flipping around, flipping through the photographs and remembering you know but all of a sudden there's one that just you just end up staring at it because that for some reason has really hit now it's part of the whole prop of all of it but though that one is kind of just really hitting you um in a good or bad way you know kind of thing yeah. so it, it has that it has that heartbeat it makes you pause it's something special when you're doing um the 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 busyness of the journal, whichever way you go, because you're going to be either auditory or visual or tactile, right? You know, I mean, everybody takes the photographs, but not everybody responds to photographs. Sometimes it's the, it's the smells and the sounds and the things like that. So maybe you, you do that as your record. <clears throat> whatever, whatever baseline you're going to use as your record to for that and we're going to get into I'd like to get into that a little bit more but just to answer your question so at the end of the day though I would take five minutes just five minutes and just mark down what was the most interesting thing to you what made you want to laugh or cry what is one word that could sum up that day even though there's a whole bunch of things because later on, you'll be able to go back and think about all the activities and this and the, that and that. But because there's so much of it, you might not always remember that particular um, emotion or, uh, or feeling or something like that. So you want to capture that day in something that means something to you. And that can be done in only, you know, five minutes. Yeah. Just, just before you, you know, crash into the next day and all the craziness that comes with that. And then when you come back, you know, home from it, um, then that's when you can actually decide, okay, now how do I want to use this? Is this, you know, just going to be memory? Um, is just, you know, put it in a box, um, make it slide you know what I mean it just but yeah. that but at least then you've got the key to the day to the busyness of the day yeah let me go out in a slightly different direction if if I can a little bit um 
I have a quote from uh, Patricia um, Hampel, who uh, does books on memoirs. She's, she's an outstanding memoir um, writer and her books and things like that. And she says this, she says, we share in memory of images, we share in memory only images of value. And that's kind of where I'm going with this. What is the image? Is it going to be tactile, visual, verbal, whatever? You want yeah. to grasp that for that one day before you start on to the next busy day kind of thing. Okay. And, and, and so that makes it. So one of the ways you can do that too is to organize yourself a little bit ahead of time to give yourself some guidelines as to what you're looking for. Um, and I'm gonna come back to that from topics in a second. N not so that you become um, a to-do list, because we, we're all tempted you know, to fill in the to-do list, and okay, I'm done, I can you know, walk away from this. Um, but you also want to not have to rethink everything every day and be open to the unexpected. So for instance, if you were going on a, um, a day trip, let's say in, um, in vineyards, okay? And you okay. want to have a wine, wine tasting or something like that. And maybe you're thinking that at some point this could be an interesting article, you know, for uh, fiction or nonfiction or anything like that. So, and you also, or you've got family who says, oh, tell me which one is the best one to go to and stuff like that. It doesn't have to be public. It can be private as well. But the thing is, I say, so what's your criteria? You know, um, the, uh, the, the geography, um, the process of the winemaking, uh, the assortment of, of, of <clears throat> offers that they have, like what kind do they specialize in this or that or whatever. What's mm -hmm. the, the extra kick that that particular winery might give, like, you know, special cheese or special this or special that. But you've got, before you go, you sort of have an idea of what you're hoping to find because you want, maybe you're going, maybe you're a restaurateur and, and you want to check out what would work for your, um, you, you want to start a business deal or maybe it's just private. So you have those so that you can sort of check, check the marks without, um, without it becoming, I have to rethink every single thing when I go there. You wanna be able to enjoy what you're doing without having to think about it. Right. And it's easier if you've got some of those parameters, but then have, you know, also be open to the whole day just being shot, you know, and going in a completely different direction and <laughs> saying, okay, well, I guess I wasn't, I was only gonna stay here. I was never gonna go down the whole road or something like that. Is that yeah. making any sense? It's kind yeah. of like give yourself some guidelines so that you're aiming for something that matters to you, but don't be so attached to it that you don't enjoy it or interact with the people that you meet and the people that you do, but it still gives you some um, foundation as to what you want that probably works more when you're going on a on a long trip because that's where you, the clock is ticking you know whereas a day trip it's a little bit more relaxed and that's the other thing that you have to take into consideration is it something that you need to prepare for um, you know if you're if somebody's on a tour they're not in charge they have to you know walk to the beat of the 
the tour guides and, and stuff like that who, you know, have set up a particular thing. So how do you kind of navigate it into something personal if, you know, or you'd love to spend more time at here, but it's like, no, clock, you've got five minutes to get on the bus, you know, kind of thing. Right. So, so travel journaling isn't necessarily about trying to remember every single thing that happened today and writing it all down, which is how I end up never really doing it. But I could just say to myself, well, when I want to write about things that are happening in Sweden, I'm going to try to uh, think of at least like one new word that I learned or a new food that I ate or something that really struck me. And I'll just try to think of one every day, like something like that could be a travel journal. Yeah, definitely. Because that's your travel. That's your life thing. And, you know, one of the things I'm, I really like that you're bringing up is the language. Um, I was uh, visiting with two um, young travelers recently and I was asking them about some of their experiences. And um, one of the things that they reminded me of, which I thought was really important, was especially going into a different country, is making sure that you know at least a couple words. Um, just so that the people know that you are interested in them as well, you know, to build again the relationship. Even if the only thing you can say in their language is, is I don't know how to speak your language. Right. Um, I uh, years and years ago, um, I, when I was in Holland, um, I think my the my daily word everywhere was "nietsbreken," "nietsbreken," you know, because I couldn't speak Dutch, and you know, and uh, people would look at me as if I was being rude, and I finally had to figure out a way to say I don't understand. <laughs> right. Um, so communication becomes a real issue, and so. Um, and that, that's going to flavor your experience as well. And it yeah. takes a while. I mean, look, you've been there for a few months now. And yes, you can probably navigate, knowing you, Kitty, you can navigate <laughs> very well. But what do you do when you, when you are in this, the, the small print, you know, and, and you right. just haven't got a clue and you don't want to offend and you don't want to misunderstand and it, it becomes... Those are the other things that you have to, to know how to navigate or be prepared to navigate. Um, some of them could probably end up being really funny. Right, right. And even, um, you know, like I'm originally from Michigan. I've lived in Arizona and California for a long time. Uh, but, and, and I haven't been to the Northwest United States yet. I really want to go. Um, but I've been to the Southeast United States several times visiting family or whatever. And I have to say that, you know, I mean, the United States is such a huge country that it does have many subcultures in it. Mm -hmm. And for me, because of where I grew up and then spent most of my time, well, first of all, when I moved from Michigan to Arizona, there was a lot of things where I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I understand the English coming out of your mouth, but I don't know what you're talking about. And that happens to me south a lot too yeah it's not just it, it's not just the literal language difference it's the culture difference and things like that and you know how would you feel if somebody you know walked into your home or your neighborhood and then started you know just I don't know being rude or or inconsiderate or stuff like that and and that doesn't open the door for um relationships that doesn't open the door for um the unexpected you know 
one of the things that I found when I started to do the prepare the series um, for the travel aspect, because as I mentioned, we we all overconnect, we all overlap. Just out of curiosity, I looked up on Amazon to see how many travel books. You know, what what are some of the travel categories? Because again, you want to you are your own audience for your trip. Oh, and okay. That's, where you, that's what you're journaling. You're journaling your reason for your trip, the uh, the experience of your trip, the memories of your trip. Okay, so that's what you're doing for your travel journal. We've already talked a little bit about what that would look like if you wanted to turn that into a fictional character later on. But for some people also, they would like to do some nonfiction. They would like, whether they do it for um, private, public, money, no money. Um, when you've got an extended group of family and friends like you do, you know, we love hearing what's going on in Sweden, you know, because right. that is one way that we can stay connected with your, um, your new experience and, and kind of be part of it, right? Right. So in a way, when you share, even if you don't share it as a blog, even if you just share it in your, on your Facebook and your emails, you are basically giving us nonfiction. You are, you're sharing, you know, your lives with us. Okay. So I thought, okay. Again, going back to the trip, you can only do so many things in a day. There's, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, we're, we are limited. Um, yeah. We, think we are or not. So I wanted to see, okay, what if somebody at some point in time wanted to write this back up as possibly memoir or um, share it as articles or um, advice to family members that they know are going to be doing a similar trip, like three or four months or another year from now? Don't do this, do this, don't do that. So, sorry, I'm going about a little bit in circles, but I went to Amazon and I hit travel books. 70,000 oh. travel books. Wow. I went into a couple of the smaller categories, 30,000 travel books. Wow. So for somebody who is at some point thinking, I, I do this a lot. I'd like to kind of maybe look at doing it as, you know, an extra, you know, some, it'd be nice to do some magazines or something like that. So when I had done this, um, looked into this before, I found there was one author um, for travel writing that said that there are basically um, 12 patterns. And I thought, so I thought, I don't know if, those, if that's still true, by the way, because the 12 patterns that he was talking about was like 15 years ago type of thing. But I like the idea of the patterns for thinking about focusing your journal. And the 12 patterns actually, in my opinion, are actually four, but here we go. So it's kind of like from your own experience, which is what we've been talking about. So your personal experience, advice travel, humor article, okay? So again, each one of those has its own component as to what is going to stand out. Again, back to your question, what do I capture at the end of the day? Well, if you know that you want to um, send a series of humorous letters to family and friends, then your key word or key aspect of that pattern for the day is gonna be humor, right? Right. Or foodie or again, you know, that kind of thing. The other one is, um, 
so that's experience divided into three. Special audiences, and there's probably more than three categories here, but it's like who's traveling, um, how are you traveling, um, when are you, what are you traveling, you know, are you going by car, by bus, by plane, by train, um, by yeah. foot? Or that one woman who took a camel across Australia, that, that became quite a big book because people are like, you took a camel across Australia? <laughs> and what about, you know, the people who go and do the hiking journeys, you know, kind of thing? You've only got a backpack. That's, that's going to have an effect as to what, you know, you're going to be able to do or not do kind of thing. Yeah. Um, who, are, what are, who are your readers? Now, again, private or public, you're still sharing with somebody so is it a flavor article kind of thing uh is it um definitive like these are the steps that you need to take in order to to navigate this i mean there are countries and there are areas that you have to um adhere to you know that particular environment um for um safety for um consideration of the people that you're in you know maybe maybe you want to visit someplace that um is ecologically um in danger right and you don't want to do you don't want to bring harm into that environment so there would have to be some um definitive um destination and definitive ways of, of navigating that in a way that is sharing with people that we don't know, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And then there's, there's something that would fall under gimmick travel. You know, those, those are some of his categories, some of my categories. And then there's, um, I don't know what, the other one, I don't, I'm not sure how you would say it, but these are things that are sort of like a, a roundup kind of thing, um, like a historical or here and now, like about, you know, this is what it was then, back then, this is what it's like now. Um, I'm thinking those would be things like uh, if you're doing, maybe you, you love paintings and so you're going to be traveling Europe, you know, by train, but your main goal at each city is to find a particular museum that you know of that has a particular artist that you want to do. Well, there's three tracks there that you've already going that you need to set up for your <clears throat> travel pattern the trip itself and all the stuff that goes with it. What, what is it that you want to know for each of these, you know, places? Um, so you're, where are you going to focus? Because look at, you know, if you're doing something like that, <clears throat> there are so many areas that you can cover, but you can't. If, right. you know, it's so what's going to be general, what's going to be specific, what matters, what, what is your, um, goal and at the same time again open to the completely unexpected yeah uh, sort of thing so that's <clears throat> that's one of the things that i think you can use um also from a non-fiction um perspective and um and sharing um, yeah okay so you got me thinking about some of the different kinds of traveling that I've done or that I plan to be doing this summer. And I'm thinking, well, I guess one thing that would help me is all the different pictures that I take, even for even as far back as 2005, when I first got to um, 
to Sydney, Australia, the first time I'd ever really been out of the United States, except for to Ontario or Canada, which when you live in Michigan, doesn't really seem like another country. <laughs> but I'm thinking of all <laughs> the Canadians are awesome. They feel like family. That's why it doesn't feel like another country. Speaking to a Canadian. <laughs> I was born in Ontario, by the way. You were? Uh -huh. there you go. I only lived there for six weeks, so I really don't have any memory. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but when we were talking, I was thinking, you know, um, there's an awful lot of memories that I could look at a photograph that I've taken over the last, you know, 10 years or more and go, oh, I remember what happened on that day and just start getting it out on paper. So even all those things where I'm like, oh, I've missed out on all these things that I never wrote down, like the pictures will help me to remember mm -hmm. some of those things. And then I was thinking, okay, well, so I'm going to Denver in a few days and I'll be there for the Romance Writers of America conference, which I'll actually be in the middle of it when this airs because, um, uh, that will be like Wednesday through Saturday or something. And this will air on Thursday. So I'll be right in the middle of things. And I was thinking, Oh, you know, I never have time. Those are exhausting places to be. I love them. I love going to conferences, but you know, they are pretty much a um, all day and into the evening sort of thing. And I was thinking, Oh, but I could like turn on the um, memo app on my phone and just record like bullet points talk to this person saw this person ate this weird thing it was 102 degrees and i wanted to die and or you know whatever and i could just have the bullet points in audio which would take me like three minutes i'd probably encapsulate the entire day and then later i could use that and remember emotions and events and feelings and smells right exactly um or you use the note app on your phone or your iPad or whatever you're carrying around from you. And every time, you know, like lunch, Ooh, smells like, mm, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Just note the word or something. Like that. that is the one that's another nice advantage to the um, technology that we have now is that you don't necessarily have to wait until you get back to your hotel or your room or something like that to write some of this, these things down. But also when there, you are traveling in some places, you know, you don't have the, the Wi-Fi, you don't have the this. And so it's kind of a good idea to have both in some ways. If it's on the spot and you've got the technology, yeah, zap it down. But at the same time, you know, you can also take just a tiny little notebook so that if you've got that, all you have to do is say day one, food awesome ate this but you know kind of talk to so and so and but but be ready within the next couple of weeks for your own sanity to take an hour and sit down and fill that out just a little bit more while your memory's fresh then you can put it aside for a couple of months a year whatever but then when you come back it'll be just as fresh but yes that, that i think that's you brought up a really important part some of us are visual, some of us are auditory, some of us are word-oriented. All the sensory details. For travel and setting, actually, they're, they're the two categories where the sensory details become the, one of the most important aspects. No matter what kind of travel writing you're doing, um, the sensory details are, are key. Why else do we want to go check out another place, you know, 
it's well for some people even though even if you're doing something that would be considered architectural you know like and you just want that but you still get a sense of the smell you know is it dusty is it you know um i'm amazed at the photos that for instance that you're you and john have been sharing about um sweden i don't think i've ever in my whole life seen a cleaner city yeah I mean, and and i'm thinking about that and if it's that clean it probably smells different too because there's more air i mean well air is not the right word but you know what i mean it just it's like i wonder what it smells like to be in that clean of a city because you know, it's yeah it's funny because until you just now said that i was like oh yeah it's not like and i won't name any cities but let's just say some cities that i've been in where um particularly on a hot day or a humid or or, or rainy day really all you can smell is trash because it's four feet below your nose but i'm just thinking oh yeah yesterday i remember thinking i should post to facebook and, and then i was like like, oh, I'm not going to because I can't get the emotion that I feel about this thought. But I was um, sitting at the kitchen table, you know, the windows are all open. The windows are all open all the time. Any place that I live, I like fresh air. And, and all, all of a sudden it occurred to me that there was a memory in my head, but not really a memory. It was like something that was currently happening and it finally got my attention. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I know what this is. This is the smell of approaching rain. And because of living in Arizona and California for so long, I hardly ever get that smell anymore. But it was the smell that I recognized all the time growing up. I mean, a lot of times I could get home before the rain just because I knew what it smelled like. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love this smell. It just makes me feel happy. And then, you know, a while later it starts sprinkling. I'm like, I love this smell. And that's a factor too. I like the way that you brought up the smell of the trash and things like that, because even in, even in our own places where um, temperatures are going to have an effect. Okay. So we understand it, you know, like, Oh, there's that smell from that site because it's 90 degrees. And so then it wafts over the you know hill or something like that. But we're used to it and we know that it's an anomaly but maybe somebody's only visiting for that day and that's the only experience that they walk away from is this horrible smell, you know, kind of thing. I don't know how that's going to play down, but, <laughs> but yeah. again, it's the idea of being willing to be courteous in somebody else's territory where it's, whether it's a country, it's a neighborhood, a street or something like that. Because when we don't live somewhere, we don't have all the details, but so we can only, say how we reacted to it or with but in a way that's not detrimental or um or something towards you know somebody else because we don't really know you know we, yeah. we don't know that that well that's the other reason i think why it has to be uh, there has to be some courtesy and some balance and some um realizing that this was what i experienced and and not necessarily um, an ongoing issue kind of thing. But yeah. again, you know, where you're living right now, I mean, it is an ongoing issue that this place is really, really clean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But now yeah. you've got me thinking that you could also, depending on, like you said, you have to have what your reason is for why you're doing the travel journal. So I was just thinking, um, it was a conference. It was, 
was in Anaheim, California. I think it might have been an Art of UA conference, but I don't remember. Um, and I remember being on the sidewalk and someone was just getting out of a taxi or something. And, um, and a, a woman, you know, middle-aged woman said to another middle-aged woman in a very snarky voice, oh, Los Angeles, I knew it would have all the smog. Look at how bad it is. And whatever she said in the tone of voice that she said it, I could tell she'd never been to Los Angeles. She was determined to dislike it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because I lived there, she was wrong. And I, I couldn't really let it go because at that <laughs> moment, at that moment, this is my home. Yeah. And I didn't want somebody to just come in and be snarky about something about what was my home at the time. And I looked at her and I, I tried to not have too much snarky. I was trying to be nice, but firm. And I said, Oh, excuse me, ma'am. No, that's not smog. That's called marine layer. And that's what we always get when, you know, the weather's a certain way, blah, blah, blah. Those are just clouds. It's not smog. It's okay to breathe. And I probably could have been nicer, but can you imagine the difference in what I would have written in my travel journal that night and what she would have? She might have been mad. She might have been embarrassed. She might have not believed me, you know, versus I might have been, maybe I was mad or maybe I was, but, and both of us would be creating totally different characters out of this same little 20 second conversation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now you've really got me thinking you always do this. You always get me thinking about things that I'm like, man, I don't know. Travel journaling. That doesn't sound interesting. And now I'm like, Oh, now I can totally see how I could use this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Think about it from a historical point of view too. You know, uh, you know, that uh, if you're going to, um, again, it can be, uh, it, like I say, the, all, all of the um, categories overlap, travel, memoir, personal, you know, um, vocational sometimes, things like that. Say you happen to be going on a trip that will take you to a city that you have never been to, but some people in your family did. Um, I remember looking through some photographs. I was with an aunt that I hadn't seen for several years, and I couldn't figure it out. I finally handed her the photo and I said, so this kind of is a crummy looking building. Um, Is there a particular reason why, you know, this got this photo, you know, in all of these things? Well, it turned out years earlier, she and two of her siblings had made a trip back to um, England and they managed to hunt down um, a house that their family had lived in, like even 30 years before that. So we're looking back now, if we're gonna, I don't know how many years they were to their, but let's say there was at least a minimum of 75 years or 100 yeah. years um, that they were dealing with. And um, so that's why the place looked so beat up and old, but for them, that was a connection to their historical personal heritage. That was where their family had lived, you know. So, yeah. so here's me saying, what is this junky, ugly-looking old place, you know, kind of thing, you know. Yeah. For them, it was like, no, this is special because this is, the only, this is the only photograph that we've been able to ever find that gives us a clue as to where our family lived way back then. Wow. So, yeah, so this is another thing I, I think, again, travel journal – it's so important to remember to the 
to be courteous and kind because we are dealing with other people's emotions and um, history and um, it matters, you know, it, yeah. it matters. Language, you know, and it's fun to learn about different um, ways of doing things, you know. Even if you're in the same country, like you said, you know, um, look at some of the big cities, you know, divide, you know, the cities are divided up, you know, for, for certain reasons. But then again, you, you go into, you go to this part of the city for this kind of food, you go to this part of the city for another kind of food. You know, you get to know where your restaurants are for your special foods, you know, sort of thing. So, right, right. Yeah. It, it's an endless, <laughs> yeah, endless is the wrong word. It's an ongoing perspective when, of travel. Yeah. So what do you want to see? What matters to your heart? What are you looking for kind of thing? And I think that's how people can journal it in a way that then it just isn't like, I've got to sit in the car for 12 hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it can turn into something that's more uh, personal. Yeah. Well, this is exciting. Now, I think I'm going to take my trips uh, thinking about things a little differently, which will be really fun and interesting for me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's, it's, I haven't traveled for a while, so uh, it's been, uh, well, not long distance, so it's interesting to try to look at, um, but I have traveled recently to a new environment, and um, right. I think maybe that's what triggered some of the things like, okay, how do I start to navigate this new territory, you know, when I haven't got the foggiest idea where I am? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like living in a city that has public transportation and then going to live someplace where you're like, I don't even know how I'll get anywhere. <laughs> exactly. And that's another thing to be considered depending on where you're traveling and how you're traveling. I mean, um, I haven't done it personally, but I know that people love to do the, the train um, opportunities in Europe. As far as I can understand, the, the train system works really well for for traveling but again i don't have any expertise on that um but yes you know um what kind of how are you going to travel how's that going to affect everything um physically emotionally and mentally we all have our ups and downs for traveling um yeah. for some people it's it's still a trauma to go on an airplane uh, for somebody else you know being on a train for one might be rhythmic, you know, love the, the thing. And for another, it just made clang, 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 clang. <laughs> right. And they get off of it, you know. <laughs> All these things have to be melded in. <laughs> yeah. Plans, so. Wow. Thanks for letting us share. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. This is really helpful. I think people are really going to get a lot out of it. And I'm thinking, you know, you could, you could literally – choose to use the information that you've shared with us just going to a restaurant you've never been to in the same town that you live mm -hmm. exactly yeah wow or the other side of the world because then you're either going to talk to a couple of your friends and you're going to give them reasons why they absolutely have to go there or you know what mm, don't <laughs> yeah sort of thing and it might have nothing to do with the quality of the food you know or something right. like that it's just like yeah yeah, we aren't. We travel every day, whether we um, leave our homes or not. 
in a way we are traveling every day because we are always open to what other people are sharing with us or the possibilities and things like that. So I think that's why travel journaling can become, um, uh, it just can become a nice thread in our lives if, if we find a way to use it in a way that's helpful, you know, not, not a to-do list because then that takes all the fun out of it. Yes. Um, but just, you know, being able to take a walk down the street and smile at somebody and, um, you know, just both of you enjoying the fact that we're getting rain that day or we're getting sun that day, you know, yeah. it's just, it's, it's a, it's a way of communicating in, in a caring way that I think is, um, some, an opportunity in our busyness that we don't always recognize or acknowledge. Yeah. Anyway, that's my wow. spiel for the, for the travel journal. <laughs> Thank Which I'm in so the middle much. of right now. It'll be the blog goes up for the travel journal is um, going up is eight times July and August. So I'm actually um, right in the middle of it um, of that particular one. And then it'll be followed by nature and by memoir, which again, they all intertwine. Excellent. If you're, if you're traveling, um, a naturist who wants to go hiking, you know, then you can have all kinds of things going on. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so this is totally interesting, and I love that you're right in the middle of all this talk about journaling. So where can people read more about what you've been writing about journaling on your blog? Okay, I have a writing blog. Um, it's Write with Impact, Build Your Story, or Build Your Story, Write with Impact. I always get that part mixed up. Um, <laughs> uh, um, blogspot.com. So Excellent. Um, and the mythic, by the way, for people who think, well, I have no interest in um, myth or anything like that, the myth is more, uh, goes, is more the idea of mystery and um, yearning and truth and hope and um, uh, inspiration. That's where all the mythic aspect comes from. Sometimes maybe there'll be some story type stuff, but uh, it's not myth as in this is made up. <laughs> right. All right. That's good to know. Sweet. And then you've got um, both fiction and nonfiction on Amazon and other sites. And um, you have more uh, nonfiction books coming out in the next yes. few yeah. months or a uh, couple of years. With impact um, uh, workbooks, they're more tutorials and, and work workbooks with brainstorming ideas and stuff like that, which is what the blogs are. The blogs are turning into these books and okay. um, there will be more uh, coming out um, probably by fall. Um, and, um, and I'm working through, like I say, putting them on the blog too, because I like to get uh, reader feedback and yeah. um, ideas and things like that and, and upgrade them and things. So, yeah. So working on the book one by one. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for being on the show again, Marcy. Thank you for inviting me. This was fun. It's always fun to talk uh, writing of any description. <laughs>